0: Well, it's my privilege today to introduce our guest speaker, who, of course, is not a guest. When I first arrived at Valley Baptist Church and began to serve, I kept hearing about a young man uh, named MJ uh, who loved to serve the Lord, uh, who was leading out in missions fundraisers for uh, some of our mission projects, who was eager to do vacation Bible school and had served in so many ways in this congregation. So MJ Washington is no stranger to you all, and we are so thankful that he is here to bring us a message from God. MJ, you've got a lot of people here supporting you today. I don't have that many people typically come to hear me preach. And it is really right. I am so thankful that the larger uh, biological family, church family, family in Christ, Jesus, all of us together, amen, Uh, the family in Christ is here to support MJ. MJ but we're also here to hear a word from the Lord. So as we pray for him, as he comes up to share the message today, would you also pray, not just for him, but for you, that you would be receptive to the Lord's word in your life that Brother MJ is bringing. MJ, you come up and we're going to pray. Father, we're waiting for your word today. Fill, MJ, as you already have with your Holy Spirit. Give him the gifts that he needs for the lifetime of ministry and for this moment. Lord, speak to all of our hearts today from your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen.
1: Okay. Good morning, everyone. Um, today is a special, it's a heart-heavy day. Seven years ago, my grandfather died from this day. The great man was, um, was also born on this day. Bob Sales remember i I'm going to face this. I'm
0: going to do this, too. They would love to be here.
1: But we're going to face this giant together. Facing your giants. Let's do that again. Facing your giants. We're going to go over a few things in this sermon. Everyone knows the story of David and Goliath, the giant versus the shepherd. If we go to the next slide, we're going to figure out what is the actual David? What is Saul's role in this story? What is the Goliath? And how do we face our Goliaths in our life, our actual life? First, we go next. In my words, a David is an underdog. Always underestimated and never can be treated. If you're gonna we're gonna open our Bibles to First Samuel 16, 7. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. But the Lord wait, let's go wait, let me stop real quick. Let's recap. So the Israelites had the judges, the judges' cycle, and they just wanted a king. They begged God, they wanted a king, and God, of course God delivered him. He gave him a king. He chose Saul. Saul was a good king. He didn't want many battles, but he disobeyed the Lord. The Lord's spirit left him, Saul, I mean Samuel, then mourned. God then told Samuel to get over it and go find a new king. So we come to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, um, Samuel, 1 Samuel 16 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by the outer appearance, the height, or the, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things, we see them. He looks at the inner appearance, he looks at the heart, and while we look at the inner appearance, See, look how beautiful that is. We're always judging people. I feel like it's everyone that does it. We judge by our skin color. We judge by how we dress. We judge by our anything. But the Lord looks within the heart, and that's why he rejected one of Jesse's sons. If we go to 10, in the same way, all all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Saul. But I mean Samuel, sorry. Get those two mixed up. But Samuel said to Jesse, "The Lord has re- have not chosen any of these sons." Then Samuel asked, "Are these all your sons?" "There's still one, the youngest," Jesse replied, "but he's out in the field watching the sheep and goats." "Send for him at once," Samuel said. "We will not sit down until we arrive." So Jesse sent for him. He was dark, handsome, beautiful with his eyes. Do you like how Samuel's doing this? He's like presenting him as like he's beautiful. But on matters. So, David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flesh as a bottle, a He brought an, an anointed David with the oil. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day. Then Samuel returned I'm not gonna really try to say that. But look at how this is. You have the all his sons, they're probably big and strong. The oldest probably thought he was gonna be the one who does it. But like if you look at it like Jackson, and they go to Jeff's house, and then they chose Riggs over everyone. Riggs is the king, the youngest. But he didn't choose by their appearance, their height, their weight, their strength. He chose by David's heart. He knew David would be a good king with his heart. Now we're going to go over some of my real-life Davids. We have Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. I know, Tom Brady is not famous here. Yeah, yeah, we can hear that. But first, let's actually go over Tom Brady, where he started. If you look at the picture, that is when he, before he was drafted. He was drafted, like, in the fifth round. Late round pick. Everyone thought, and Madden, I don't even remember what it was, but he was listed as QB5. QB5. This man, over 21 years, has won seven Super Bowl championships, three MVPs, 14 Pro Bowls, and holds the record for the most passing touchdowns. This man was looked at like, oh, he's not going to do anything. He ran the worst um, 50 yard dash or something. And he's now, now you look at him, he's like a Goliath. But he started off as a small little David. Who no one thought he could do anything. Then we have Lamar Jackson. Everyone said he was going to be a running back. But there's only one team that decided, oh, he's not going to be a running back. He's going to be a quarterback. Now he was the 2019 NFL MVP. And he wants a Super Bowl, and he's going to get it. Let me go to the next slide. We have two beautiful women next to two handsome men. Um, So I'm gonna give you guys a little lesson real quick, a society lesson. So in the world today we live in, it's none of your fault, so I don't want no one to be offended, but there's a society ladder. Up here, we have the light American men. I don't call people white, I call them light American. They're light American men. The second, we have white American women. Then, we have pets. Then, we have Asian men and Hispanic men. Then, we have Asian and Hispanic women. You go a little lower, we have dark American men. And then, very at the bottom, we have dark American women. It's sad to think that way, but it's no one's fault here. It's no one's fault because Many years ago, and like hundreds of years ago, a Portugal king had a book written to talk bad about dark Americans. He believed that to drive up money and to drive up the slave trade, he wrote a book to say all Africans or anyone with dark skin were not intelligent. It's sad. I put Kamala Harris up here, not for political reasons, but for... She is a remarkable achievement for me. I hope for you, too. Because I can look at my aunts, who are somewhere right here. They're dark American. When they were younger, they were probably told they could never be the president. Like, you know you tell your children they can do something. But you really know society's not going to accept that. I can look at my daughter, my future daughters, my future granddaughters and tell them. You can be the president of the United States. It doesn't matter your skin, your color, your sexuality. You can be the president. And then we have my mother. She goes through so many challenges. She has been fighting to get her driver's license for so long. Now, after fighting her date, her Goliath, she has gotten her learner's permit. Now, we're going to go over Goliath, as I know, as a giant. Whenever I heard the story, it was always, I've always heard David and the giant. Sometimes you don't hear Goliath, you just hear the giant. We're going to go to second, no, 1 Samuel 17, 4. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gaul. Came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of the Israelites. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze long leg armor. And he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. Then the shaft of his spear was as heavy as a thick wave spear tip was the iron spear that weighed fifteen pounds. So the only thing that I'm getting from this is is we're trying he's trying to tell you how big Goliath is. Like in wrestling, I watch wrestling a lot, and it intimidates you by saying weighing in at five hundred and something odd pounds a six-time champion is them. So, we're trying to he's trying to give us, like, oh, he's big, he's tough, he's mighty, and scary. If we go to the next slide. Goliath is using his outward appearance. He's using like, oh, you look at him, you're like, oh, you're going to tremble. Even if you're not scared, you're still going to be like, oh, that guy's huge, Why he's carrying everything. And I've really feel that. He's, he is like, walking around like wherever you see him in the listening tent is probably like, woof Goliath. You don't want to mess with that guy. He's gonna mess you up. You don't want to go with his girlfriend? mm No, no. No, no. Next slide. Now we're gonna go over Saul's role in this. He's the king. He's the current king, the first king of Israel. And we're gonna see what up is he's up to. So we're gonna go to first Samuel 17:32 So Goliath challenges the Israelites. Everyone's like, I'm not fighting that dude. He's too big. But David's brothers are fighting with the Israelites. So Jesse sends his youngest, the future king David, to to go with Saul and bring like his brothers' goody bag or something. So David comes, and he sees that there's this guy challenging the Israelites, and everyone's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not dying. So, don't worry about the Philistine giants, David told Saul. I'll fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been at war since his youth. But David said, your service, has, your service has been keeping his father's sheep when lions or bears come, carrying off one of his sheep from the flock. I went after and struck them, rescued the sheep from his, his mouth. When it turned on me, I swose it by its hair and struck it and killing it. Your servant has killed both lions and the bears. The Philistines will be like one of them because he has defeated the arms of, defended the arms of the Lord, of God. The Lord was Me. For the the paws of the lion and the paws of the bear will rescue me from the the hands of the Philistine. Saul said to David, "Go to the Lord. Go, no, go, and the Lord will be with you." Saul is terrified. The reason why he agreed to it was because he's the only guy who's going to do it. The thing that Saul is probably doing right now is he's probably going in his tent. He's probably like, okay. I'm going to write a letter to Jesse and tell him I lost his youngest son. How am I going to tell that to him? He gave me two of his, his kids. Now I'm losing, I'm losing the shepherd. The shepherd's going to go out and do it. It's really like, it's like, oh, no one's going to fight him? I got it. Look at David's fate over his fear. Everyone's scared. Saul is scared. The whole nation is scared and then you have this one little shepherd who's like, I'm going to fight it. I can do it. Yeah. The Lord's with me. I got it. Confidence. But he's like, "Mm, you don't got it. You you don't got it. He has that like, "Mm -mm, you're not going to win. We continue. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. And David put it on and spreaded and spread and the sword over it. It took a few steps. It was like, like for he had never worn such a, it before. He said, "I can't, I can't go in this." He prostrated to say to Samuel, "I'm not used to them." So David took them off again. So This is practical. It's like. He puts all his armor on and he's like, I can't move. I can't fight. I don't feel comfortable. It's, it's too heavy. He thinks, so he thinks as, Saul's so thinking is, oh, if he doesn't want to go out there, I still have to make sure he's protected so he has everything he can use. But continues, he picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his shepherd bed. Then armed only his shepherd staff and slain, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. It's time for the main event. We have in this corner the, the giant from golf, Goliath. And in this corner, we have David, the shepherd boy. It's right here, First Samuel seventeen forty to fifty one. David wins. He beats the giant, and he wins. All that faith, all everyone being scared, oh, he's not going to be able to do it. He still does it. He he defeats the giant, and everyone is way surprised. Go to the next one. Now, how do we face Goliath in our day-to-day lives? So I want you guys to participate in this. So I want you to raise your hand if you have ever gotten a flat tire. Wow, mostly everyone. Raise your hand if you have thought about you didn't know what you were going to eat that next day. Raise your hand if you feel like you have lost everything in the world and you felt like you were never going to get it back. Those are all the lives. They come up in our lives when we least expect them, and they're those big boulders that you feel like you cannot move out of your path. Like you're going to Disney World, a big tree falls down, and it's a roadblock. You can't get past it. David... When you're a David in the situation, you're like, the Lord will protect me, the Lord got me, I am going to handle this. The saw in the world is you doubt everything, and you're like, oh, the tree's down, I'm not going to Disney World, the ride's going to leave, the plane's going to do, all that stuff. The worst is yet to come. But we look at all these obstacles in our life. We challenge ourselves to be... David or Saul you look at it and you're like it's so easy to be a Saul because it's like you just worry about everything but to be a David is challenging because you have to hold it in to be like I got this I can handle this I can take anything like William says no matter what happens I can handle it so we go to the next slide a Goliath, like I said, it could be anyone, it could be a person, it could be a gender, it could be a bully, it could be an obstacle, it could be anything in front of you. And just look at that. Like, But here's the, the real secret. We can be Goliaths, too. You can be a bully. Without even noticing it, you could hurt someone's feelings by like judging them or by holding them back from something that they know that they are able to do, but you tell them they can't. And it's a hard reality to see that you could be a David, a Saul, or a Goliath in the whole story. A big factor in this story, this or this character study I have done, is how different these three characters are. You have the one who's going around saying that, I'm the giant, I'm the champion, I'm going to kill whoever they put up there. He has confidence, but he's not really that confident. He's just using his outer appearance to stand upon a nation to say, I'm going to destroy you and I'm going to kill everyone you love. You have Saul, who's the king, who's supposed to protect everyone, who's trembling, at the giant, who's letting the giant win, not having the Lord with him, is like, okay, you're up there in heaven, I'm down here. You're not really facing what I'm facing. I'm facing a behemoth giant who wants to kill all my people, but you're just a guy who created the earth. I can't face that. Like, don't you ever know? Ever think about why didn't Saul go out there and face the giant? Why didn't he, because he's the king, God chose him, why didn't he go out there and pick up his, his armor and his staff and he'd go out there and say, I want to face you because I am the king of Israel, the king of the nation that the Lord has created. He doesn't do that. That's why the Lord left him. He did not do it. He was scared. He was scared to death. He chose fear over faith. Thank you, James. So, but then you have the shepherd boy, who's like 14, 15, or 16, I can't remember exactly how old, who comes riding in and says, I'll face him. I got this. What's the worst that could happen? The Lord's had me. I'm in his hands. If we look at the next slide. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous, victorious, no, victorious right hand. Isaiah 41.10 David is following this whole scripture like it's the, it's everything. He's not scared. He's ready to fight. He's ready to do anything. I think that's how we should look at the world. How we should be called to mission and how we should go out there and do stuff. Like, if you want to do a mission trip in West Baltimore, don't be scared you're going to get shot. Don't be scared you're going to be hurt. Just go out there and do it. The Lord's got your back. He's holding you up. Don't be scared. If you want to come up here and preach, don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared about. If you want to do anything for the Lord, you can do it. Like, um... I, I said a joke this morning that, like, oh, I'm going to wear shorts and wear just a regular plain t shirt from Old Navy. If I would have got up here and that, I think, I'd think that would be fine because the Lord never gave me a dress code. He said, go out and do missions, deliver missions, deliver your message. So let's go to the next one. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel down. You got this. You have everything. For I am your God. He's God, He's the Father, He's the King. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So this is one thing I like about God. God sends us into stuff. Sometimes he knows if we're going to fail. So if God's behind me, God is going to put like these hundreds of pillows. So if I go walking into something, and I go get hit, he's going to catch me right there on the ground. And he'll lower me down, and he'll say, you go out and do it again. Because I'm right here. I'm right behind you. No matter what you do, I'm going to be right there behind you. God loves us. He loves us so much. He sent Jesus. So, if he loves us so much he gave away his son, I think he loves you So much where he will not let you get hurt. You can get hurt. You can feel pain because of sin. But he will still be there to guide you and walk you through. And he will hold your hand all the way through. No matter what. What it is. People are going through Goliath's life right now. People are going to new school years. People are going to college. People are going to get new jobs. People are are fearful. The world is so filled with fear. And it's hard. It's really hard to be David. It's really hard to have that, that strong faith when you know that like, that challenge is coming. That's going to be so hard. You, you have the doubts of money and like, how am I going to survive? How am I going to live? How am I going to do these things? It's, the answer is simple. It's God. The Lord is always there, even when he doesn't see you there. One song that I love so much, and I was listening to it last night, is by the Casting Crowns, Praise You in the Storm. I love that song because everyone goes through storms. Everyone has those times where it's like, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to have that. But we still have to praise him in the storm because he's still going to be there. He's still going to love. He's still going to love and cherish us and all that. This was not easy for me to come up here and do this. This day is hard. But I was still able to do it. And look at how great God is. So, we reach the end.
0: I don't think we've reached the end. I don't think we've reached it. I am looking forward. I'm looking forward to the Lord. How much the Lord is going to teach us through this man of the Lord. How much God is going to continue to speak. I appreciate the fact that He is courageous and spoke to us even about some difficult topics, places where we need to hear. Are we being the Goliath? in our society? Are we being the Goliaths to our brothers and sisters? Are we being Goliaths in our workplace or in our families? Or are we being Davids who are stepping up, who are saying, yes, Lord, because you are with me. And for our church right now, I think a lot of us are having to ask the question, are we being Saul's? Has God given us a task that we are not taking on? Thank you, MJ. Let's pray for uh, this young man. Father, we ask that you, as you have already done, continue to anoint and guide. Would you protect MJ's heart so that it would be a heart that is for you? That it would be longing to be used to bring glory to your name. Your fame would be exalted in his life. Your gospel would be shed through his words. Your uh, love would be shown through his actions. God, would you continue to fill and surround MJ daily. Father, would you fill him with your word. That every time he speaks, every time he engages with others, he would be one who brings truth and light. God, would you bring salvation, the salvation that comes in Jesus through your gospel, through MJ's life. Lord, bless his family. Continue to move in them and call out many more into your service in many ways. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, MJ. As we close our service today, we actually want to invite you. Perhaps there is someone here who you've been facing life in fear because you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never said, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I, I want to be yours and to be yours eternally. Today, if that's you, maybe this is your moment to say yes to Jesus. Some of you, You know you're called, you know you're gifted, you know you're called to be in this place, part of this congregation. But maybe like Saul, you've kind of said, well, I don't know, maybe someone else will step up and do the task. The Lord's going to finish his work. But the invitation is still here. Would you come and be part of this congregation and God's work in this place? And for many of us, I think we have to do some heart examination. Are we being those who constantly build up? Are we being those who edify the brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we those who are light in this world? Or have we shrunk back and kind of given that spot to others? Have we in many ways become the Goliaths? God, teach us. If you need to respond to Jesus this morning, if you want to become a member of this church, I'm going to be here in the front and be happy to receive you. Aaron's going to come. We're going to sing a couple more songs in worship to the Lord. And let us go out and replace all of those fears with a vision of God who fills us with faith. Father, we thank you for today. Help us respond in your power. Help us respond with faith. Help us respond by saying, yes, Lord. Walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you. Because your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. We pray this all in the name of our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Join me in saying through it all as
2: we stand. Through it all. upon his word, we find out how sweet it is to trust in Jesus day after day.
0: We do have a few announcements today, um, upcoming events. First, this is our third class right after service today. You are welcome to join us for our, what is it to be a church? And we are looking at how we serve together today. Um, it'll be, you know, five, ten minutes after the service uh, uh, in the middle rooms, room 20 something. I always forget what they are. Two eight, two o eight. 208. Oh, Bill's giving me the 208. All right, 208 is the right one. We do have online giving opportunities for you as well as a collection box up here in the front. Um, Wednesday night, uh, be sure you join us for prayer meetings, 7 p.m. That is online. We're still uh, following uh, that protocol. Uh, We do also have Wednesday morning Bible studies. The women's is at 930 this week. Men, we are not having Bible study this week. This one, um, I'm gone, and we're going to kind of skip this week. uh, So sorry about that, but uh, I am away. So um, we will not have Bible study this week. ACTC collection is still always on Thursdays. And get ready for our back-to-school event. Uh, We are collecting supplies and those kind of things. Jackie is in the back. I can wave for us if you have more questions for our collection. Were you blessed today? Were you encouraged today? As this church is in a unique time where we are seeking the Lord's direction, we've been saying, God, show us signs of what you're doing. One of the signs that God is moving is that he continues to raise up men and women called and gifted to serve him. MJ, thank you for that encouragement today. Thank you for the word. I was blessed. I was blessed. So today, let's hear uh, our blessing together um, as we close the service. uh, The scripture from Isaiah 41 that just says, For the Lord your God is with you. He takes you by your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, little Israel, and do not fear. For I, the Lord says, I myself will help you, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. May you know God's presence, His steady guidance by His right hand, carrying and sustaining you each day this week. May you know and experience His presence of His Word, and that He would knock down every giant that might cause you fear. May He fill you with faith daily. Blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're dismissed.